The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, Dr. Tom McCoy, medical director of the Vital Human Project. And he's an ER doc, Patty. Hashtag fave. An osteopath. Yay. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. If you had to drive one piece of construction equipment, which Hmm. one would it be? Oh, man. Bulldozer every time. No, okay. How about you? Pile driver. What's... Hello! Hey, Michael Chapman. Patty Devers. How's it going? Well, first of all, pile driver is a wrestling move. It is. Is it also a construction vehicle? It is both. It is both. Hmm. Equally impressive maneuvers. Okay. Um, Yeah, the pile driver, man. It's like it's just dropping a huge heavy weight on top of something. It's pretty sweet. I'd probably stay away from the crane. I don't even know what you use it for. Like, what is the need to drop a heavy weight onto the ground like that? You have to drive the piles. Of course, that's that would be what it's for. You've got to drive the the pile. I mean, obviously, you have to drive. Something's got to drive piles. That's right. Carpool or something. Or they have to walk. Exactly. So uh, this is a podcast. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you all for joining us. It's where we talk about things like specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and precision health. Yeah, and we're so thankful for all of your support. And we're hoping that you'd go to iTunes or Spotify, maybe subscribe to this show, rate and review. Shout out to Jessica, who left us an awesome review on iTunes. Thanks, Jessica. That's sweet, yeah. Yeah, Jessica, do you have friends that listen to podcasts? (laughs) You should probably share this with them. Yes. And if you have uh, additional feedback, you can always send it to podcast at gdx.net. Loving the emails that are coming through. Awesome. You helped create the content. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and although we banter about nonsense all the time. Yeah. Why in the world are you asking me about construction vehicles and which one I would want to drive? You don't even want to know. I've got this song in my head from this show called Blippi. Blippi? Yeah, this is a show that plagues parents across the nation. Oh, no. Um, and apparently now Blippi is going on tour, too. So now it's Gotta even more plaguing across the nation of parents. So Was Blippi driving some type of construction vehicle? It was a song about an excavator. I don't even want to talk about wow. it. If you've seen Blippi, it's one of those things you can't unsee, but the children love it. Hmm. You know who else I'm sure the children would love? Who's that? Dr. Tom McCoy. If I was a child, I think I would love Dr. Tom McCoy. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. is the coolest guy. Uh-huh. Um, way, way more cool than Blippi. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's if w- we're really comparing cool, <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's, it's not even fair. He wins. But in addition to that, he's wicked smart. And as you know, I have an affinity for any worker in the emergency department. I just kind of have respect for people who run toward danger. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly run towards danger. And in this respect, I think you could consider the conventional medical system and the standard American diet being the quote-unquote danger wow. uh, that he's run toward to try and fix, and not only from an ER perspective, but also from a preventative standpoint. And with that, uh, right in our wheelhouse, and super excited to talk to him. I wonder if Blippi would do that. Certainly not. Blippi runs towards playgrounds, oh. not danger. Hmm. Let's get Dr. Tom McCoy. 
Michael. Yes. He's here. I know. Dr. Tom McCoy. I'm so excited about this one. Yeah, I know. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. McCoy if Please you're not do. familiar. He's a board-certified physician in family medicine who has practiced emergency medicine for the past 13 years and led the department at the county facility for the past eight. Tom is also medical director of the Vital Human Project, a coaching program that blends fitness, nutrition, education, and more to help you realize your full human potential. Dr. McCoy holds a bachelor's degree in biology from California State University. He also received a master's in medical ethics and an osteopathic medical degree from Midwestern University. Nice. While continuing to practice emergency medicine, he also obtained additional certifications in nutrition and exercise training and is a CrossFit MDL-1 medical practitioner. He uses all of this experience and knowledge as part of the Vital Human Project to optimize metabolic health, physical fitness, and emotional well-being. And with that, welcome to the Lab Report, Thanks Dr. McCoy. Thanks so much for being here. Hello, how are you guys doing? <laughs> We're crushing great, great, great. it today. Okay, I want to start here. So conventional ER physician, yes. um, you certainly have been witness to the downstream effects of kind of standard American diet and lifestyle choices that are so common these days. Uh, but here in like Precision Health, you know, we, we have alternatives to that. So can you talk a little bit about what you see as the limitations of the current healthcare system uh, firsthand, I guess? Yeah, thanks so much for for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to to sit and talk with you guys. I guess I would start off by saying that I'm not a conventional ER physician per se. You know, I I trained at a family medicine program. I was a you know a county hospital unopposed. Um, it's pretty unique. You know, we did all of our own deliveries, our own C-sections, a lot of our own surgeries and ran the ICU. So I really got wow. a feel for, you know, the whole hospital experience, including all of my clinic experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I went into to med school um, and even through training, I really thought I was going to end up, you know, small town, you know, mountain doc taking care of, you know, babies to grandparents and whole families. Um, in my experience, you know, through training, um, through the clinic and in the hospital, you know, really shaped where I went in the near term after finishing, which we can talk a little bit about um, if we want to. But, you know, to get to your question, you know, the, the shortcomings are, are not going to be uh, a surprise to any of your listeners, most likely. You know, our, our system is designed um, really as a system of sick care and not a system of health care. Um, you know, it's procedure based. So the more you do, uh, usually the more you bill. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, you know, lifestyle modification and education and minimizing the number of prescriptions that people need to take every day is not something that's highly valued mm -hmm. uh, in our traditional system as it works today, um, which I think is one of the, the benefits of precision medicine and, and working to find a health team that can really take the time to work with you, identify goals and make a plan to get there. Yeah, I agree with this thousand, thousand percent is why we're all here. But this has led you now to starting something called the Vital Human Project. Can you tell us about this and, and why you created it and, and what is it? Yeah, so, you know, Vital Human Project was really a response to kind of my daily experience in the emergency department and the frustrations that, that came along with that. You know, by the time that I was seeing folks in the ER with their acute MI or their stroke um, or their advanced, you know, metabolic process, whatever it may be, you know, usually it had progressed to the point to where having a serious discussion about addressing root causes um, was really a moot point. Um, and even when I did have the opportunity 
to do that. Um, it was so few and far between um, that I was really frustrated by it. But it, you know, it was neat because every every blue moon, you know, once every two or three weeks at you know two forty five in the morning, when the the constant stream of folks would would calm down. And I would catch a person who, you know, was potentially in the right mindset to have that discussion. And I could have a window of time where I could actually sit down and go over some of these things. You know, I found that to be some of the most rewarding work that I would do on my shift that day. And I was like, you know, this is, this is crazy. I'm really good at, at putting band-aids on, on bullet holes here, but I really need to, to start to figure out a way to give people the knowledge so that they can start to address root causes and not need to come to the emergency department here in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that led to us building the, the vital human project, um, which is really, you know, an, an educational platform that encompasses uh, educational content, uh, daily live exercise routines um, and uh, an online and uh, social uh, vital human village community where we share stories about food and recovery and exercise and have ongoing educational topics uh, that are more uh, timely for folks. Like, for example, today, you know, we're going to talk about a study that um, just came out correlating the role that adipocytes play in uh, neurocognitive uh, degeneration mm -hmm. in the hippocampus, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, yet another reason to avoid the sad diet, right? Right, right. Um, so just, just giving folks access and a means to start to build the foundational knowledge and the, give them the tools that they need um, to be able to correct and address their own health issues. Amazing. And yeah. I'm sure that was really helpful through the pandemic too, right? Having that online community. You know, it's it's funny, and, and this is one of the things that I love about it, and I think one of the things that, you know, those of us who have a, a regular um, movement strategy or an exercise program, you know, when the pandemic hit that social isolation and, you know, myself as someone who loves CrossFit and not being in the box, um, was a real challenge. So knowing that every day you're going to be, you know, live online, getting real time feedback from a coach, mm -hmm. you know, seeing all of your friends, you know, being able to check in with them, um, I think was, you know, a big deal for, for a lot of folks. And I know that I appreciated it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and on that note too, I mean, we certainly from the physical fitness standpoint, CrossFit is a big part of, of your overall approach and CrossFit, you're a CrossFit health medical practitioner. How did you first get involved in CrossFit and, uh, what have you seen it do health wise for people? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that all of us have had the experience when, you know, we can kind of get into a rut with our exercise routine. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you can end up going to the gym and you're doing the same thing and you're just not making progress. And, you know, when I first learned about CrossFit, you know, eight or 10 years ago, I was like, wow, this is completely foreign to me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had never done Olympic lifting. Um, I didn't know what was going on in there. And you know, I was curious and it kind of, you know, worked, I think with how, you know, my brain works, right. It's kind of like the ER, you know, every day is different. There's always a challenge. There's always something new to learn. There's always something to, to work on. Um, and so that, you know, was, was a big deal for me, you know, that the benefits of, you know, CrossFit and of HIIT training are, are pretty undeniable at this point, you know, from a metabolic health standpoint, mm -hmm. you get a ton of bang for your buck, you know, for the time that you put in. Um, 
And, you know, as we just alluded to uh, with the, the Vital Human Project, you know, this peri-pandemic time, you know, being able to connect socially, you know, that social community that's built through CrossFit and really extends, you know, beyond um, the box. And for those of you who aren't CrossFitters, it's, we don't call them gyms, we call them boxes, right? Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but having, having that support network there, um, which is really this, this loving, supporting community. Um, and they're not just there to root you on in the gym, you know, they're there to, you know, help you with errands. They're there to, you know, give you a ride when your car breaks down. You know, these are your, your friends and your extended family. Um, and, you know, all of us, I think, are familiar with the research about how important um, social connection and community is mm -hmm. for your overall uh, well-being sure. uh, right. and health. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the, the biggest, you know, value props that CrossFit brings to the table. Well, let me ask you something. Why do you think people are intimidated by walking into a, a CrossFit box, as you say? What is it about CrossFit that makes people intimidated? As asking for a friend, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Speaking. <laughs> This was, I slid that question in here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can speak to that. I know that I was intimidated. You know, yeah. you, you walk into that, you know, your, your first CrossFit experience and you see people doing movements that, you know, you've never seen before and mm -hmm. there's, you know, clanging and, you know, grunting and sweat everywhere. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> um, you know, but quickly you get familiar with that and the community reaches out and you move past that. Right. I think that you know, a big thing is that, you know, when we think about CrossFit, when a lot of people think about CrossFit, they think about the games and games athletes and that that image of, you know, the, the superhuman physique is is what comes to mind. And, um, you know, shout out to uh, you know, the Rogue Invitational going on right now. And hopefully uh, Julie's going to take care of business today. <laughs> That's right. We're all rooting for her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is the just the upper echelon and is really just a very small aspect of the overall CrossFit experience. And it's really cool to watch, but I don't know that it represents the most important aspects of what CrossFit can do, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's experiences like those of, you know, my friend, Athena Barrett, who lost 200 pounds doing CrossFit. And mm -hmm. she's a, an awesome follow. If, if uh, you guys know her, if you don't, you should check her out, but she has her own level two certification um, and a gym. Uh, you know, we could talk about improving the balance of seniors with, with Parkinson's or the neurodegenerative disorders and, you know, preservation of lean body mass and combating sarcopenia and the elderly. And what I think is huge is just engaging, um, you know, youth and kids and healthy game-based exercise and really just building a love for movement. You know, these are the things that really get me excited about what CrossFit, CrossFit can do mm -hmm. and kind of redefining, you know, the, the scope and the breadth of the difference that it can make, I think really worldwide because um, it's got something for everybody. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, when we're talking about, you know, addressing root causes and root cause type medicine, um, so much of that hinges on lifestyle change and behavior change. And I'm sure you have, I mean, it's interesting because you've really seen it from both sides of the story, right? Where you've seen, you know, essentially the, the system that it just wants to provide some type of pill for, you know, match the pill to the symptom type approach versus root cause approach. And so when it comes to behavior change, like how do you coach people to change when so many goals Goals might seem insurmountable to them, or they've been tra entrained into this system of like, just take a pill, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a great question. You know, I think that the first principle in achieving your goal is not to focus on the goal. Hmm. Uh, and I know that that would be counterintuitive for a lot of people, but for 
myself and with you know the clients that I work with and we're friends and family you know who've been able to make real progress uh, you know the key is to fall in love and build a process um, that is well designed and the goal takes care of itself uh, you know to use an example is something that you know John Wooden uh, the famous basketball coach from UCLA right would talk mm -hmm. about religiously and he would even go through the the process of instructing his players how to tie their shoes right mm -hmm. so by focusing on the process and giving your all you know to the process the end goal takes care of itself because if you you know if you wake up and you decide okay my goal is i'm going to lose 40 pounds and you're two weeks in and you've been busting your butt and you know even though you've increased your your lean body mass significantly and your fat mass has decreased, but you don't see it or feel it yet, you know, there's a real strong chance that you're going to be, you know, disheartened and throwing the towel, um, which really undermines, you know, what you're trying to do. You know, James Clear, which, who you guys are probably familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, does an yep. excellent job of outlining how to establish new habits. Um, and we discuss his work in the Vital Human Foundations curriculum uh, and utilize a lot of his principles. And, and one thing that I really try and reiterate with folks is that, you know, small changes, you know, on a daily basis pay really big dividends down the line if you stick with them, right? right. It doesn't have to be some huge drastic thing. So I think setting folks up for success early on, and if you are establishing a new habit or kind of training that habit muscle, so to speak, um, you know, you start with something that you can do and really commit to, and then you build on that. You know, and the other thing that James talks about in his book, which I think is important, is that, you know, if you do have a habit that you're trying to build, you know, it's okay to miss one day, um, but you never miss two, you know. So I think if you do those things and start with that, uh, you're going to put yourself in a, in a position to be successful. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let me focus a little bit on nutrition here and diet and kind of telling tales out of school. I happen to know you're a pretty avid outdoorsman and a hunter. Is it because you espouse a specific diet like the carnivore diet or is it more just getting fresh air and, and really just sourcing your own meat? Like why, why are you yeah. such an outdoorsman? Is it because of diet? I don't know. We may, we may need to set up a whole nother, uh, <laughs> another discussion for this one. Can, we, can it be a field conversation? <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it starts for me. Well, let me go back to the beginning. You know, my, my dad, I guess when I was maybe in eighth grade or ninth grade gave me, uh, the book diet for a new America. You guys hmm. familiar with that? No, no. no. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> uh, it, it pretty much overnight turned me into a, a vegetarian for, for two years. Um, you know, mm. it's a, a really kind of shocking portrayal of, you know, CAFO farming and industrial, mm -hmm. uh, food system, uh, in America. Uh, and it really disgusted me. Yeah. Um, and as, as time went on, um, you know, I really made a commitment to try and source, um, uh, the, uh, animal products that I was getting from, you know, the most humane uh, sources as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, the experience of, you know, being in the wilderness um, when I am hunting, um, either by myself or if I am with someone, it's usually with, you know, the people who mean the most to me in my life uh, were often silent for days at a time. Um, you are completely in the moment and mindful um, when I do 
uh, had the opportunity to uh, harvest an animal. Uh, I know how that animal lived. Uh, I know how that animal died. Um, I'm emotionally invested uh, in the process. Uh, it is extremely emotional for me. Um, you know, I take no enjoyment in, in taking you know, the life of, of another living thing. Um, but at the same time, I know in my heart to do, uh, as opposed to continuing to support uh, a food system where an animal uh, lives in uh, a cage with thousands of others standing in its own feces, being shot full of antibiotics and hormones, right. um, and doesn't know, uh, has no experience of what, you know, uh, really being alive is. Um, so that's what it means to me. Profound. Yeah, yeah Profound. absolutely. I mean, it's it's admirable. And, and right. you know, I think most people, depending on your particular orientation around it, can get behind the, the, the sentiment, if not the actual, you know, process itself, too. So it's very admirable, I would right, say. Right. Um, well, let's also take a little bit of time to talk about, like, <clears throat> I don't know, lifestyle. Like, what do you think is most impactful out of all of these things as it relates to just improving overall health outcomes? We were talking before about uh, night shifting and, and the impacts on the HPA axis and <laughs> circadian yeah. rhythms and things like that. But I mean, between things like physical fitness and, and sleep, exercise, uh, diet, nutrition, stress, like what, what do you, have you seen be the linchpin, I guess, or yeah. would you rank them in, in any sort of way? Well, you know, it, it's a great question. And this is one of the things that I love about precision medicine and really developing a relationship uh, with someone is that it's it's going to be different with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm very hesitant to, you know, kind of rank order these things and list of importance the same way that, you know, I think it's totally inappropriate to say that, you know, one diet is superior than another. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, if you're, you're just being dishonest, if you're not taking into consideration the person who's in front of you, um, and their own needs and goals, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, if I had to pick one, um, I think that sleep is really the most important um, mm. because whether it's metabolic health, whether it's emotional health, whether it's building muscle, um, sleep is directly tied to all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really tough to achieve any of those endpoints, which are usually going to be part of you know folks' health span and lifespan strategy if you're not getting an adequate sleep opportunity each night. So I I think that that's probably where it needs to begin, which is, which is a little disheartening because sometimes it can be the hardest nut to crack for folks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really important. Yeah. And Dr. McCoy, as you and I are both former night shifters, I think we can both get behind that. (laughs) Yes. But this is, we're just so honored that you spent time with us today, Dr. McCoy. We're going to encourage the listeners to check out the Vital Human Project online. But before we let you go, we do have one last question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. Oh, yeah. So this is a surprise question. And this is, (laughs) yeah, this is, this is a doozy. I've been been thinking about this one. Here we go. Maybe uh, I think it my just... time's up. I'll just sign off. <laughs> no, it's actually quite facetious because uh, I was thinking about holidays having with uh, the, the holiday this week. Do you have a favorite holiday? Oh, no doubt. Thanksgiving. Ah, really? Nice. What is it Absolutely. about Thanksgiving? Why? Yeah. 
Um, well, it ha- includes food and football and family, which are three uh, of my favorite things. So. Uh, nice. I and, plus, to- and plus it's the fall, which is hunting season, which means that I'm going to be in the wilderness for an extended period of time. So it's my, <laughs> it's my favorite time of year and my favorite holiday for sure. I love Excellent. it. That's Excellent. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. McQuay. <laughs> and again, have everyone check out the Vital Human Project. And we're honored that you spent time with us thanks today, so sir. Thanks so much. Well, thanks so much, guys. It was really fun. Nice. You know, Patty, it's becoming evident that um, we're supposed to do this CrossFit thing. Right. I think we've promised going to CrossFit gyms to <laughs> several different guests. 12 people. <laughs> yeah. So well, when we do we this really at do one it. point, we're going to have to video it so it's we can g- no. make good on our promises. It's, it's going to be a podcast episode. That's what we should do. Live from yes. the CrossFit studio. Yes. It can, can we get and Heber, walk we'll in. get Heber to come in and what? get the buttery bros. Film it. I love this. This because we're that idea. important, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll call him up and be like, hey, we're about to go to a CrossFit gym for the first time. <laughs> Heber, we're help. really out of shape. This will be hilarious. Come film it, please. And bring us some pancakes. Right. Next time on The Lab Report, we're going to talk to Robbie Bent. We're going to talk about why breathing is important. I'm going to hold my breath. Yeah, that, that was pretty... That was bad. Irredeemable. Yeah. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Okay, I'm going to show you some pictures of Blippi okay. just from Google Images. All right. And I want to record your first reaction <laughs> because this is going to tell you everything you need to know about Blippi. Should I be nervous? Okay, take a look. All right, hang on. Whoa. I know. That's what nightmares are made of. I know. Creepy. I know. And that is certainly what? not the type of outfit that you would wear hunting, for no. sure. I oh, mean, God, no. I think this might actually be Dr. Tom McCoy's polar opposite character. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> it doesn't get like you <laughs> yes. get you have a spectrum of that's true. <laughs> X to Y. And one end, you've got Dr. Tom McCoy. <laughs> and on the other end, you Blippi. have Blippi. <laughs> I'm going to have a bad dream tonight.